My name is Nat. And this is Tom. Uh, we This is the podcast where we choose a theme and play you video game music uh, related to that theme. Um, before we go into the music, do we have any top of the show business to handle? Um, I, I don't think we do. Uh, nobody said anything about the show, so there's nothing to respond to. There you go. Yeah, if you... Uh, if you want to email us uh, and tell us what you think, you can do so. Our email address is podcast at rainwave.cc. Um, episodes two and three are available on the uh, Rainwave forum, which is, I assume, where you got this, so you probably already know that. Um, but we have a few sound glitches in both of them, but we got those worked out, and now they both uh, sound great. Well, that's, that's a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> They sound pretty good. I I, uh, I I was actually quite impressed, especially that we've worked out some glitches. Episode three, um, the sound quality is. Uh, I I was very impressed with it. Um, and I guess that's about it. I have for top of the show business. Um, should we talk about the theme for the week? I think we shall. So this week we decided to focus on the year 1993. Um, it seemed like an interesting year. We, uh, the Super Nintendo and uh, Sega Genesis had been around for a few years, so there's some good games coming out for those. Um, there's still a lot of good stuff going on in the NES and Game Boy, and. Uh, just seemed like a, an interesting way to go. But so basically anything is available as long as it was uh, came out in '93. Yeah, and we were a little bit loose about that, you know, region-wise. It could be uh, Japan, U.S., wherever. Right, right. Honestly, I thought going into it it'd be a bit more interesting. I don't know about you, but I just I didn't find a whole lot of really outstanding tracks from this year. Interesting. I I decided to try to um, play it a bit more widespread. I noticed that um, I had been focusing a lot on sort of Nintendo games and um, Nintendo consoles, and so this time I, I tried to uh, cast a wider net, and actually five out of the six tracks I'm going to play come from consoles that so far are unrepresented on previous episodes. Um, so there's, it's not all maybe my favorite music out there, but I, I think that it gets a really interesting spread and gives you an idea of what video game music sounded like in 1993. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a year in review, I guess. Like yeah, I was, yeah. I was seeing, oh wow, you know, this game that's really popular came out this year, and in that game, and it was, it was sort of a historical sort of thing. Totally. So than just let's find the best tracks. Right, right, definitely. And so right. actually, my first track is from arguably the biggest game of '93, one of them. Uh, I noticed that we couldn't play, we couldn't do a show without Doom. Ah, uh, Doom, yes. Uh, Doom soundtrack by Robert Prince. I don't know offhand what else he's done. 
it's not a big name. But up to this point, you know, it was mostly chip music and lo-fi Super Nintendo stuff. This PC game really brought... it was edgier. Most of the soundtrack was metal or sort of weird jazz. More sure. realistic samples. Uh, I don't know, it just stood out to me as being a cut above some of the others. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, without further ado, here is At Doom's Gate. Again, that was At Doom's Gate from Doom. Uh, heavy Metal, I didn't really expect to play that this, this time around. Yeah, yeah, that's a interesting track. Um, has all those, uh, like, sound effects in the background, and um, it's, it's definitely interesting hearing uh, what they had to do to sort of compress those samples in order to, I mean, this is... 93 is a long time ago. They really had to compress those samples to, to make it fit in the game. Yeah, honestly, I don't know that much about the technology for PCs at that point, but I imagine it was difficult to get this sound out of them. Yeah, I don't even know... Um, did I assume Doom came on a CD? Um, I don't know if it... I don't know if they're using MP3s as their music files or some other um, compressed version for the music. Uh, were MP3s around in 93? I actually don't know when when they came out. <laughs> well, we are woefully unprepared this week. Uh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting song, classic game. Um, good deal. Uh... So first up, I'm going to be playing a song from uh, Ease 4, The Dawn of Ease. Um, this is the uh, TurboGrafx-16 game. Actually, I think it came out on PC Engine uh, Super CD-ROM. So that's uh, the, the CD version of the TurboGrafx-16. 
Um, and so this song, or this soundtrack was composed by the Falcom sound team, JDK. I don't know more specifically uh, who the composers were, um, and, but I'm going to be playing the track uh, Rock. back uh that was from rock from ease ease four the dawn of ease uh by the falcom sound team jdk um that's a nice uh little song sort of upbeat very sort of poppy and happy um the, the ease games always have seem to have good music it's often a bit more heavy than this a bit more um hard rock but uh and there are some good hard rock songs on this Ease 4 soundtrack, but I really enjoyed this track and how sort of upbeat and happy it is. You know, nowadays it's a lot of hard rock and metal, but in the early days, uh, Yuzo Koshiro sort of set tone for it with a mix of those hard rock tracks and then some really low-key town music like this. Totally. Totally. So, uh, while I was playing, I want to uh, talk some about some other games that missed the cut um, that were also good games in 93, but since I have a limited time, we can't play them all. Um, well, for one, the uh, our theme song, the Flame Man theme uh, from Mega Man 6 uh, came out in 93. So that's by Yuko Takahara. Um, so that means all of the music in this episode, even our, our uh, opening theme uh, fits the theme, even though <laughs> It often doesn't. Um, other good games that miss the cut include uh, Secret of Mana. Um, obviously, an excellent soundtrack. Um, actually, one of my favorites from uh, the Super Nintendo, but decided to leave that one off and go for a bit more obscure things this time around. Um, Kirby's Adventure came out in 93, um, obviously, uh, the, that second Kirby game and the first for the NES, great game. Um, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for Game Boy, uh, another great game that came out, um, and it seemed a little too obvious to pick a, pick a Zelda game, so I decided to skip that. 
Um, other good games, or Top Gear 2 has a few really nice tracks. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue. I believe that's the Game Boy uh, version. That was a good one. Um, let's see. Oh, Sonic CD for the uh, Sega CD. Oh, of course. The uh, And Sonic CD... Uh, OC Remix just released a whole Sonic CD Remix album. Um, but I'm not as familiar with the, the original soundtrack, so I didn't pick any tracks from that. And, oh, the... Um, the last two are, uh, I'm a big fan of point-and-click adventure games. Um, and two big point-and-click adventure games came out in 93, which were Sam and Max Hit the Road and Dave the Tentacle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mist. No, I don't... Did Mist come out in 93? I believe it did. Wow, so so three big point-and-click adventure games came out in 93. Yeah, um, I, I almost picked either Sam and Max or Mist for this, but... I don't know, I just had trouble finding a track that really seemed suited to this sort of format. Yeah, I, I had one that I almost went with, but decided at the last minute that it, it just wasn't going to make it. Um, I'm guessing at some point we'll have a point-and-click uh, episode, because I enjoy a lot of those games, and some of them have some pretty good music. Oh, also uh, Seventh Guest, 1993. Oh, wow. So it's quite the year. I mean, that was totally in the... In the age of point-and-click adventures, they sort of dropped off in the late '90s, early 2000s, and been making a bit of a comeback, but but not a huge one. Well, I think The Walking Dead counts as a huge comeback. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Plus the um uh the Double Fine Adventure game that was kickstarted a few years ago. Um, just came out uh, like a week ago, and I think that's going to be pretty big. It's going to make a big splash. Um, so, so that's cool too. I didn't actually know it was out yet. It just kept hearing it, it got pushed back, and yeah, it got pushed back forever. I backed it when it first when it, the Kickstarter was happening, and kept up with the updates. It's fun to watch, but like, yeah, it kept getting pushed back, and um, so yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I think. It's only the first half that's out, and then they're going to release the second half as, like, a second episode. Is that also going to be for backers, or is that going to be a whole other thing? No, that's also going to be for backers. Um, I think they'll... In fact, I don't know if when they uh, push the whole thing, whether it'll be basically one game or sort of two games and two episodes, but um, I'm not going to play the, the first episode until they're both out, but I, I definitely plan on playing that once once they're both out. I guess we should probably play more music now, since that's Great. why people are here. Yeah. Um, so one of those games you named, I actually picked a song from, uh, Kirby's Adventure. Excellent. Great soundtrack. It really is. Um, it's second Kirby game, like you mentioned, but Hirokazu Ando and John Ishikawa, uh, responsible for almost all the Kirby music in the series, scored this game. Uh, oddly enough, it's actually the only NES soundtrack I picked this time around. I thought there would be a lot of them. Actually, I I don't think I have a single NES soundtrack. So yeah, it's um, uh, there were definitely some options, but uh, just didn't choose any. Yeah, it was kind of sparse at that point. Yeah. But this one, I just have such fond memories of this series. It's it's sort of iconic in its own way. And totally. I back... I, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Kirby games and the Kirby music. 
it's got a really good atmosphere. And I went back and forth about which song to pick, but I thought the Grassy Plains seemed like the most appropriate one. That's a great choice. Alright, again, that was The Grassy Plains from Kirby's Adventure, uh, composed by Hirokazu Ando and John Ishikawa. I love that percussion. It's a really busy track. It's a, a very busy track, and it's so Kirby. Like, that's, like, you, you definitely expect Kirby music to sound like this track does. Yeah, you know, almost all of the really memorable Kirby music has a really active square wave, sort of a bouncy melody. Mm-hmm. The, um... It's interesting, I heard an interview with uh, two of the members of Kirby's Dream Band, um, their covers band that uh, does mostly covers of Kirby songs, but then some other video game songs. Um, I think that interview was actually on uh, the Legacy Music Hour, who, which is another uh, video game music podcast that you should definitely check out. Um, very worthwhile to listen to. Um, anyway, they, they were saying that before they started uh, their cover band, they didn't realize how complex a lot of the uh, Kirby songs are. And they, the different parts, like the the melody and then the bass and the drums, are all doing different spastic things that work really well when you hear it all together. But when you're trying to just play one part, it's it's hard because there's a lot of really weird offbeat stuff going on and fast spastic stuff going on and. Um, it makes it sound like Kirby music, but it makes it hard to play as well. I think that's something that gets overshadowed a lot in the VGM community, is how these people who were writing this music were really heavily inspired by actual composers, classical and and contemporary music, and there's a lot of music theory and technique going on in here that's pretty hard to pick up on. Sure, definitely. You know, a lot of Commodore and Amiga music was really heavily inspired by 
bands like Rush or Yes, you know, King Crimson, all that prog music, you hear a lot of that. Oh, definitely. And then stuff like this, I don't know, I don't know what this is drawing inspiration from, but there has to be something. Yeah, I don't know, it's, the thing is, it's, Kirby music just has its own sound that's so, like, it, 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 it's so bubbly and, and happy, and but also spastic, and it, it, I mean, it's very consistent throughout the Kirby games that you get this sound of, like, it, it sounds like a little kid on a sugar high. It does. Alright, um, my next track is going to be from a game called Metal Masters. Um, this is a Game Boy track. Actually, believe it or not, we haven't played any Game Boy games so far, uh, or Game Boy soundtrack so far in the first three episodes. Um, we've played a Game Boy Color uh, game, but no, uh, just original Game Boy games. I'm curious, is there any difference in terms of sound chip? I don't think so, actually, because the... Um, you, it's... Uh, mostly backwards compatible, most uh, and forwards compatible. Most uh, Game Boy Color games, and except for specific ones, could also be played on the Game Boy. Um, and all Game Boy games could be played on the Game Boy Color. Well, um, yeah, but there were a lot of them that had those clear carts with the different shape. Right, right, with the different shape that wouldn't allow you to play it on the original Game Boy. Yeah, but I think I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look it up. I'm pretty sure that um, the sound chip is the same for for Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Um, so this game, Metal Masters, uh, is not a very well-known game. It was not commercially ex uh, successful at all. Um, it's, a, I think, a sort of fighting game where you're f these robots that are fighting. Um, but it just sounds like a really bad game. <laughs> um, but it was composed by one of my favorite composers, who I haven't had the chance to play on the Super Rainwave podcast yet. That's uh, Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Um, and Alberto is just a really good composer. Um, it draws a lot of inspiration from the Western or the um, yeah Western composers like the Fallen Brothers. And there's it just makes really good, interesting music. Uh, so this soundtrack uh, is really short. I think there's only two or three tracks in it. Um, but I'm going to be playing the song Metal Beat.
comeback. Uh, that was Metal Beat uh, from the game Metal Masters by the composer Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Um, that really, I think, uh, was an early example of showing off the Game Boy's ability to to do some interesting things that you, that you don't really hear that kind of sound out of the uh, NES uh, the way you really hear it out of the Game Boy. Um, I think it it actually sort of is an early example of what you hear out of modern uh, chip tunes that are using the Game Boy. Um, using things like LSDJ, which is a, a program you can use to program the Game Boy's sound chip. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's a lot of that LSDJ sound here that you hear uh, from guys like Oxide now. Yeah. And I really like the... Um, here on this lead that you're hearing, there's a bit of an echo, and I think there might even be some panning between the two ears. Um, and... And that's that's definitely something you don't often didn't often hear in '93, especially from uh, the NES or Game Boy, um, and and it really makes this an interesting sound, a lot different from uh, much of the other game music you're hearing at the time. I just was surprised so long. You know, you don't hear many songs that have a two or two and a half minute loop in this era. Totally. Yeah. The um, I think it's a I've noticed it's sort of a Western composer thing. A lot of Western composers end up um, composing longer tracks that have, um, that maybe are a bit more repetitive, but also uh, end up having different sections and stuff. Where a lot of uh, Japanese composers uh, sort of have a little tighter of a sound and um, really get interesting stuff, but have shorter loops of maybe 45 seconds to a minute. I'd wonder if part of that could be from, and this is just total speculation, but if it could be from the prevalence of, of more progressive music and the rise of electronic music in Western culture, whereas I'm not sure how much of that permeated the Japanese market in the 80s and 90s. Sure, sure, that, I, that could definitely be, I, I have no idea. Speaking of Japanese composers, what comes to mind when I say fighting in the streets? Fighting in the streets. Uh, Street Fighter? Wrong. Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage? <laughs> Streets of Rage 2 came out in 93 in some markets. Okay. And, of course, that series is uh, Yuzo Koshiro's soundtracks. Totally. His music is... It kind of speaks for itself, I guess. It's really active, sort of aggressive music. Yeah, yeah. I, I was this one wasn't on my radar. I uh, I didn't realize that it came out in '93. But yeah, it's uh, it, Streets of Rage soundtracks definitely have a sound of their own, um, which Yuzo Kuchiro brings to the table. Well, this is Go Straight.
Once again, that was Streets of Rage 2 with the track Go Straight by Yuzo Koshiro. Um, I don't know, I've always had trouble talking about this guy's music because it's sort of... It just does its own thing. It's really bass-heavy, has a lot of roots in electronic music. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely roots in electronic music, but it's hard to classify it within there. Um, you obviously in this song have have a few different uh, little uh, samples that are looped over and over. But it's not... It's hard to place it within electronic music. It's really interesting, though. Yeah, I know that he he has some background as a DJ, doesn't he? And I think that oh, really? Is... I, I didn't know that, actually. I believe so. I know there was a stream from MAGFest a couple years ago where he did a DJ set. Oh, cool. And I imagine that plays a lot into his style. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've always loved this song in particular, but the, the Streets of Rage soundtracks are, are great. Alright. Um, and I, actually, I think that's the first Genesis song that we've played on, uh, on the podcast. Is it really? I think so, believe it or not. <laughs> Um, I'll be playing another one later, but, uh, but yeah, that's sort of pathetic. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep it in the 16-bit era, but we're going to go back to a Western composer. Um, I'm going to be playing the uh, song from the game Plock, uh, which came out for the Super Nintendo, obviously, in 1993. Um, this was composed by Tim and Jeff Follin, uh, who are uh, some of the best Western composers out there, at least in the 8-bit and 16-bit era. Um, they're known for... Uh, let's see, what, what all did the Fallen Brothers compose? Oh, man. Uh, um, there are so many. Uh, Wolverine, Silver Surfer... Oh, Silver Surfer just has one of the best soundtracks out there, but yeah. Um, Solstice, great title theme. Yep. Oh yeah, Solstice, uh, Bionic Commando for the ZX Spectrum, um, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghouls, Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, um, Pictionary, which, believe it or not, has an awesome soundtrack, even though it's sort of a weird game. Um, what did they do beyond the 8-bit era? And I'm not as familiar with them beyond the 8-bit era, especially because I'm a, mostly a... Uh, chiptune uh, connoisseur with Rainwave being since we managed the chiptune channel but uh, so they did Plock um, I think they Tim may have done one or two tracks for like the Sega Saturn well I know um, that Tim went on and did a handful of uh, really weird soundtracks for like the PS2 era uh, Future hmm. Tactics Starsky and Hutch stuff like that but it, sure. it never reached that same level of fame because it was sort of... He wasn't really doing the same thing anymore. Yeah, he he had such good uh, skills with the, the chiptunes. And then I think he... Because he used... A, a, he drew a lot of inspiration from very prog rocky stuff. But then after that, I think he tried to get even more progressive and... Uh, a lot of the stuff ended up just seeming a little weird. Well, you know, I think uh, part of it... Have you seen the interviews with him? There's a couple on YouTube. I don't think I have. He talks about how when he started out, um, people just told him, 
hey, write us a song for this game. So mm-hmm. he'd just write whatever he was thinking of at the time. Didn't matter, you know, you'd have ghouls and ghosts, and it'd be really action-y, you'd have some weird laid-back prog tune. Right. And it wasn't until later in his career that he started doing stuff that actually made any sense whatsoever. Sure. And so I think that, you know, by the time you get to the later stuff, he's being asked to actually write something that makes sense for a 1970s buddy cop game. And so he's not able to do his same thing. Right, right, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of too bad because he um, he was so prolific in, in the 8-bit uh, era that, um, I mean, I'd love to hear stuff like he composed for a lot of those games uh, in more modern games. I think you hear some of that in, like, modern Yamatsu and, uh, and uh, Falcom soundtracks. Sure, sure. So anyway, let's get back to Plock. Um, this, uh, I'm going to be playing uh, the song Plock's House, which I've never played this game, but probably is when Plock is in his house. Really? I, I assume. <laughs> All right, so this is Plock's House from uh, Tim and Jeff Fullen.
All right, welcome back uh, to the Super Rainwave podcast. That was Plock's House from the game Plock by Tim and Jeff Follin uh, for the Super Nintendo. Um, this is this song has a total uh, Tim Follin vibe to it. It's very progressive. It's um, has an interesting instrumentation with like some xylophone in there and the flute lead for a lot of the song. Um, and it's it's just a uh, it, it keeps driving and then it has that breakdown section in the middle. It's it's just a really nice song. You know what jumps out at me is the rhythm section, because a lot of old game music is based a lot on the square wave and the harm and the really obvious melody with harmony. Sure. But there's a really active bass line later in this song. There's after this breakdown that you're hearing now, the drums come in really really active. It's like a drum solo. Mm-hmm. That's something that I don't think a lot of people were doing at the time. Yeah, definitely. The um, for some reason I get a, a banjo kazooie vibe from this song. Um, my, I don't know if it's the instrumentation or if it's just the the sort of upbeatness of the song. But um, I, I guess Plock. Looking at as reading about Plock on Wikipedia, and it has sort of that funny game feel to it like it's the plot is that your plock wakes up uh he lives on the island polyesta and uh someone stole his flag and he has to go to the island the cotton island to get it back um so it's just this sort of goofy uh goofy game yeah i've never played a lot of these games that we feature on this podcast yeah but that one always sort of jumped out at me as being interesting. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, I wonder if it. Uh, wonder how well it holds up today. It seems like it might be interesting to to take a look at. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. Well, here's another game that I have no idea what it is. I noticed that I was pulling a lot of really well-known music, you know, Streets of Rage and Doom, and I wanted to get a little more obscure. So I just dug through my folders until I found uh, the soundtrack from Brandish 2. I have no idea what this game is. I have never heard of it. Apparently it's an RPG series. Um, this was composed by the Falcom Sound Team JDK. So, good stuff. Two in one episode. Yeah, I'm actually curious. Uh, is there any record of at all of who played on what with that band? I've never actually tried to, to look that up, so I don't know. They just have done so much, always as a unit. Sure. Um, but yeah, this is a PC-98 soundtrack. I'm not sure if we've done that before on here or not. Probably not, but I'm not positive. Um, and I just always have dug, when these guys do action music, they do it so well. And so this is uh, Battlepoint version C.
my welcome back. Uh, again, that was Brandish 2 from the PC-98 uh, song Battle Point Version C by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Really intense song. Uh, a lot of action, sort of a metal sound. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 metally, but it has a um, it's groovy too. There's there's definitely a groove in the background, and then um, when that organ solo comes in in the middle, it's it's definitely groovy. Yeah, I love that they work in that organ solo. The instrument sounds really good. Yeah. Um, and the percussion, I keep noticing. I like those triplets you're hearing at the end of every section. Uh, sort of goes against the grain. But just on the whole, I really dig that kind of... I don't know... I don't know what you call this exactly. But it's a cool song. Yeah, it, this is another song that really doesn't have... It's hard to identify a specific genre for this. I can't really envision it being played outside of this uh, sort of lo-fi chiptune instrumentation. Yeah. It, it sort of... It sort of has a Castlevania vibe to it, maybe a bit. I was thinking um, that. But... Yeah, with the, I mean, with the heavier sound, but also um, having a little bit of a dance groove in there. But I couldn't really categorize Castlevania music either. So that's the thing, Castlevania. I mean, <laughs> so it's it's in the Castlevania genre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so next up, I'm going to be playing uh, another Genesis game. Um, this is going to be uh, from the game Socket, which I know nothing about besides uh, that it's a Sonic clone. Um, but there's a good remix of the song I'm going to play on OC Remix. I think it's by, I think it's by DJ Pretzel. Um, but it inspired me to look up this soundtrack, and um, the soundtrack's pretty decent. It's not great, but it's pretty decent. Um, but I really like this song. It's called Future. Um, and this soundtrack's by Yasuyuki Hamada, Shigenori Masuko, uh, Yoko uh, Suzuki, and Fumito Tamayama.
Welcome back to the Super Rainwave podcast. That was the song Future from uh, the Sega Genesis game Socket. Uh, it's composed by Yasuyuki Hamada, Shigenori Masuko, Yoko Suzuki, and Fumito Tamayama. Um, and I was actually wrong. I thought that uh, DJ Pretzel did a remix of this song, but he actually remixed a different song from this game, um, which is also pretty good. But I just thought this was a nice, nice laid-back uh, jam. Um, it reminds me of something from Sonic, a particular song, but I don't know which one. Right. I mean, it, it's it's obvious even in the music that it's somewhat trying to be a Sonic clone. Um, it doesn't sound, for example, it doesn't sound like the Streets of Rage song you played, and it doesn't sound like a lot of Love Genesis soundtracks have more of a raw sound where it sounds like they're trying to emulate uh, some heavy guitars and it doesn't have that sound. Um, but it definitely has a, a bit of a sonic sound to it. As an aside, that's always kind of bothered me about Genesis music in hindsight. That yeah. uh, it really only has like three different modes. Composers either were trying to do really distorted heavy music, they are trying to do really low bass heavy music, well, they were trying to do sonic music. Right, right. No, there's... It's... It's a bit disappointing because the, um... I think the Genesis has uh, the ability to do other types of music. It's just that, for whatever reason, I guess that's what was popular at the time. But, like, you hear different stuff out of the Super Nintendo, which, um... For those who don't know, the Super Nintendo is actually entirely sample-based. Um, there's like eight or ten sample channels on the Super Nintendo, so all the music you're hearing is sampled. Where the Genesis has um, some uh, synthesizer chips or uh, synthesizer channels, um, along with a few sample channels. But it's not the song. The Genesis songs aren't near as uh, sampled as the Super Nintendo. Um, but it's still able. To, I mean, the Genesis is able to produce sounds uh, just like. You, you could reproduce, like, uh, regular Nintendo music on the Genesis, uh, but people don't don't use those capabilities much. They, it seems like they often try to do uh, sampled guitars or sample bass, um, and if they're not doing that, then they're trying to replicate uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's, it's sort of strange to me because um, Nakamura did a great job at just creating something really memorable and unique in the Sonic 1 and 2 soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And nobody else ever tried to use that same style unless they were trying to rip it off. Sure, definitely. Even though I can tell that it has those capabilities. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really too bad. Yeah, I think Genesis music could have been more than it often ended up being. Yeah. Uh, let's go to another console that we haven't featured in a while, at least, or maybe at all, the arcade. Ah, yes. Um, Outrun, I think, is one of the most uh, noteworthy. I don't know if it's the best, but it's certainly noteworthy in the racing genre. Uh, but all its sequels kind of get buried, because there were so many of them. But Outrunners, uh, 1993 arcade game, has a really cool style to it. It takes the old Outrun music, and it sort of modernizes it. And it even actually remixes all the songs from Outrun in really interesting ways. 
Cool. I actually don't know if I um, know the specific soundtrack. I'm a big fan of the, um, actually, well, <laughs> we were just talking about it. the Genesis version uh, version soundtrack has a, some really nice, uh, a really nice sound quality, and I, that's that's my favorite of the originals. Um, but I don't know this arcade version. Uh, yeah, Outrunners. It's it was kind of a weird game from the looks of it, because. They were trying really hard to recreate what they did with OutRun, and I've never played any of the series except briefly, so I can't tell you if they did it right, but it's pretty good music. It sounds right. a lot more modern than what we've been playing. So um, let's take a look at it with Speed King.
Welcome back. Again, that's the song Speed King from the game Outrunners. Uh, this one composed by Takeyuki Nakamura, who was actually quite a prolific composer for Sega. Did a lot of Virtua games, uh, Fighters Megamix he had a hand in, a lot of odds and ends like that. As for this song, it's really groovy. It has uh, sort of a strong slap bass vibe to it. Those trumpets are... I guess that's what you'd call that synth that's leading it are really cool. Uh, great sure. piano solos, sort of a dueling pianos. Yeah, that, that piano solo totally made the track for me. Um, the rest of the track, is, it's okay. It's, it's definitely has sort of a, I don't know, maybe a 70s vibe to it. Um, and it's it's not my cup of tea. Um, but then that, that piano solo, or dueling solo, whatever it was, that totally rocks. That was, that was really nice. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. But, uh, actually this whole song reminds me a lot of a song from Mega Man X2. I think it's Crystal Snail. Hmm. But I that, can, opening, I... uh, that opening sort of tingly synth line sounds so much like his song. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Which actually reminded me to look it up and we totally could have played Mega Man X in this show. Oh really? Is that uh did that come out in '93? Apparently so. The um according to Wikipedia, this is uh one of the first or maybe the first game to have a uh voiced DJ who like talks on the radio. Um so like as you're driving along. I, I mean, it's always been in the outrun games that you could change the music in your car and um decide which uh song you wanna listen to. But um but this one also includes like a radio DJ who announces what songs they're playing and like uh, says other stuff on the radio as you go. So, so I thought that was interesting. To be fair, though, you're just gonna listen to Splashwave over and over. That's right. <laughs> or, or maybe ma magical sound shower every once in a while. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Um, next up, I have a track from. Fury of the Furries, um, which was a, a platform puzzler game uh, that came out for the Amiga and a few other consoles, but I'll be playing uh, something from the Amiga soundtrack. This soundtrack was done by a guy who goes by El Mobo, uh, but that's just his uh, his nickname. He, his real name is Frederick Mott, and I'm probably butchering that because it's French, um, but He's a guy who's been in the Amiga community for a long time. Um, he was actually a demo scene composer first um, in the late 80s. And then in the early 90s, he got into composing for video games. Um, and actually, I believe still composes today. There are uh, He still has a website up and a Bandcamp page and um, posts some of his soundtracks to modern games there. Ooh, so he's worth... What's he working on? I actually don't know. Um, I'll, how about we play the song and I'll look it up and we'll talk about it afterwards. Sounds um, good. Excellent. This song is going to be uh, The Forest.
Welcome back to the Super Rainwave podcast. Uh, that was The Forest from Fury of the Furries, an Amiga game um, by Frederick. Uh, the composer is Frederick Mott, aka El Mobo. Um, I looked it up, and El Mobo has his a Bandcamp camp page. Uh, if you want to check it out, elmobo.bandcamp.com. Um, this album, this whole soundtrack, is available there if you're interested. Um, as well as, it looks like he's done quite a bit of more recent work on um, some Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy DS games. Um, nothing that you'd really have heard of much, but um, but they're there. This song itself, it's interesting because most of it sounds like it's a really funky vibe. It has that slap bass. Um, but then... That bridge in the middle with that ascending synth line almost sounds like something out of a trance song. Sure, yeah, it's it's definitely it's walking the fine line between funk and and very electronic trancey type stuff. Um, it, for some reason, I get a weird like uh, vibe of something you'd hear while you're on hold, like on hold music or elevator music. Um, like, I could picture being on hold with a, I don't know, call the doctor, you put on hold and you hear this. That would sort of fit. I don't know, I just don't hear it, but you don't hear it? I was on hold, I think I was listening to big band swing music, so... Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. But that's, that's sort of the vibe I get. It's a pretty cool song, nonetheless. And I like this bit you're hearing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely laid back, nice little laid back groove. Let's see, it looks like this next one is my last song. So, last week, or I guess it was a few weeks ago now, you said, you know, we're probably not going to play any arrangements because no one's really arranging music in 93, so I had to prove you're all. Oh, good. <laughs> so I looked it up, and uh, one of the best series of VGM arrange albums out there was published in part during 1993, the Game <laughs> Music Concert albums. Oh, yeah. These ones, for those who aren't familiar, this was the uh, the Tokyo City Philharmonic Orchestra. They got together and they played shows doing all Japanese VGM. Um, a lot of good stuff in those sessions. There was uh, there was Mother, Zelda, Mario, um, just a lot of really good stuff they covered, all with these big dramatic arrangements. Uh, we could do an entire show on these, really. We really could, yeah. I, I don't know a ton about them, but I do know that there are some great arrangements. So I figured, since this is the 1993 show, we may as well pick a song from a game that was also in 93. So this is the theme of Star Fox, as, Excellent. as portrayed by the Tokyo City Philharmonic. Yeah, Star Fox is one of the games that I meant to mention uh, when I was talking about games that I just missed the cut, but forgot to mention it. But yeah, there's another another great game, and glad to hear an arrangement of it. Yeah, it's one that I think is sort of forgotten now, but I think this does it justice. Sure.
Welcome back. Uh, once again, that's the theme of Star Fox, um, as rendered by the Tokyo Sleep Harmonic Orchestra. This was uh, featured from the Game Music Concert Free album, if you're curious, published in December of 93. And the original was actually composed by uh, Hajime Hirasawa, who's a composer who has done virtually nothing else since. Interesting. Kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the Star Fox uh, soundtrack is, has some really good songs in it. Um, and it, I think the game is itself is a bit overshadowed by uh, Star Fox 64, but the soundtrack is, I, I, I definitely think, better for in the uh, Super Nintendo original. Yeah, even in the original, you can hear sort of this combination of the new electronic style through the SNES sound chip. Uh, with this kind of symphonic vibe, I think that's what the composer was envisioning. Yes, this and this this arrangement is spot on. Like this is totally um, what you expect when you you hear the original, and it's it's just so um, it, it just fits perfectly. Yeah, you know, I made this set list up kind of on the spot last night. I was just looking for stuff that seemed interesting. And I saw, oh, this album was published this year, I'll pick something from it. And then, I this is the first track on it, and I started it up and I was like, I thought, wow, this is exactly what I thought I was hearing in the Super Nintendo. Like, this totally. is what I was in my head imagining it as. Yeah, yeah. And it could be partly that um, a lot of these songs have uh, obviously been rearranged for like, uh, the Super Smash Brothers games and things like that, and so I, I think at least for me, part of my um, memory of these songs is is largely influenced by those modernized versions. Oh, definitely. And especially Smash Bros. Uh, Melee and Brawl have so many arrangements of so many songs. Um, and almost all of them, too, are really solid. We could do a show on those. But I think oh, that this yeah. really hits the Star Fox feel a little more. Sure, definitely. It's also interesting, uh, I was reading and it says that the Star Fox 2 soundtrack, that was a game that was uh, mostly finished and then canned, it was scored by different composers, but generally they kept the same feel, and then Star Fox 64 was, co was scored by different people, and every game since then has used a bigger, really dramatic feeling, I don't know, it's not really the same. Interesting, yeah, yeah. But, like, you listen to the Star Fox Assault soundtrack, that's a pretty popular one. It's just... It doesn't feel the same. It's it doesn't have as much spirit, I guess, is how I describe it. Totally, totally. Well, that just about brings us to the end of the show. Um, this has been Super Rainwave Podcast, our 1993 uh, theme. Um... Next week, well, next episode, we are thinking of doing a um, theme where we play uh, songs and their remixes. Um, and I, I'm imagining it might we might do the format a little different, where we play um, an original song and then go straight into the remix without without uh, talking about it in between. And I think uh, it'll give an interesting. Um, I'll give an interesting look into uh, what remixers are doing and how they take the melodies and change them or 
um, change instrumentations or all sorts of stuff. Um, so we'll talk about that more next episode, um, but it should be good. Uh, and I guess that's about it. Uh, I'll for my last song. Uh, do you have anything else, by the way, for the end? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Again, if you want to contact us, uh, send some feedback in, uh, suggestions, anything about that, we're really open to that at this point. Again, that's at podcast at rainwave.cc for email. You can find us on the forums at rainwave.cc. And hopefully, um, I need to get working on getting our website up and running um, so that we can have a more dedicated space where you can find the downloads and everything. But I'll, I'll get working on that soon. Yeah, I think that's not going to happen until our four is up. Yeah, I think so too, unfortunately. That is coming soon. Yes. Okay, so um, to close out the show, I'll be playing yet another uh, song from a uh, console we have yet to see. Um, this is going to be from Sonic Chaos, which is a uh, game for the uh, Sega Genesis and the Sega Game Gear. Um, was, if you, was it on the Genesis too? I didn't realize. Oh, sorry. I said Genesis. I meant to say Master System. Oh. Um, for those who didn't know, the Master System and Game Gear actually had very similar um, abilities. And so most of the games that were released on one, well, a lot of them were released on one and then released on the other. Um, and I don't think it actually required them to make too many changes to the games to do so. Um, I know they had very similar sound capabilities, uh, if not exactly the same, um, and similar graphic capabilities. So uh, this game was first released actually on the Master System, but only in Europe um, in October of 93. And then it came out in the game for the Game Gear all over the world in November of 93. Um, and so to take us out, I'll be uh, playing the song Sleeping Egg Zone. Uh, this is composed by Kojiro uh, Mikusa and Masayuki Nagao. And uh, so I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, my name's Tom, and uh, I'm joined by Nat. Oh, was that, my, was that my cue? That's your cue. <laughs> um, and uh, this has been the Super Rainwave Podcast. We will see you next time.